Counsel the Word, the podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about deep theology for deep change. I'm very thankful today uh, to have with me my friend and fellow brother pastor, Brent Osterberg. Now, Brent is the pastor of Living Hope Bible Church in Mansfield, Texas, and he is also a ACBC certified counselor and uh, contributor at our training events and our podcasts as we're doing today and our blogs on the CBCD site. So Brent, thank you so much for being with us today. Keith, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. So we're going we're gonna to talk about something that is so fundamental to what biblical counselors believe and, and practice, and that is uh, the topic of theology. Um, we, we radically believe that we counsel out of our theology, that, that theology is relevant because that informs how we go about helping people. And uh, so I think it's going to be a great conversation. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, but I can hear just kind of as maybe a, a lead-off question that our listeners might have. Isn't theology for, like, seminary professors and pastors and professors and students? Uh, why should we encourage our counselees to think theologically? One of the uh, books that I've returned to um, probably at least three times in my ministry has been Knowing God by J.I. Packer, which is uh, is obviously a modern classic for many people. And there's a quote that, that uh, Packer uses at the beginning of the book. He quotes Spurgeon. It's a long quote, uh, but I'll, I'll take the kind of the last maybe sentence or two and, and give Spurgeon the, uh, the front seat here, right? He says this, Oh, there is in contemplating Christ a balm for every wound. In musing on the Father, there is a quietus for every grief. And in the influence of the Holy Ghost, there is a balsam for every sore. Would you lose your sorrow? Would you drown your cares? Then go plunge yourself in the Godhead's deepest sea. Be lost in his immensity. And you shall come forth as from a couch of rest, refreshed and invigorated. I know nothing which can so comfort the soul. So calm the swelling billows of sorrow and grief. So speak peace to the winds of trial as a devout musing upon the subject of the Godhead. I think Spurgeon's absolutely right. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that great? That's so good. <laughs> it's Spurgeon. It's Spurgeon, yeah. I can't say it like Spurgeon, but uh, I'll read his quote and benefit from it. Um, he understands that God and his character, his immensity, as he uses, is... Um, the peace that our hearts need. God made us for himself. He knows exactly what's going to give us rest and comfort. Right? It's going to lead us to humility. It's him, his character, who he is. Right? Um, R.C. Sproul also said that uh, the issue for Christians is not whether we're going to be theologians. It's not whether or not we're theologians, but whether or not we're going to be good theologians or bad theologians. Mm-hmm. Right. 
And we want to be good theologians. We're, we're, we're theologians. We, we have come to believe the gospel as Christians. We read our Bibles. And so as we are seeking to understand who God is and believe who God is, we're doing theology. It's not just for a professor or a pastor. Everybody who reads and seeks to understand who God is and what God has said is doing theology. It's whether or not we're coming to the right interpretation of the word and we believe what his word says about who he is so that we can have those blessings and those benefits that come from contemplating this deep theology that the scriptures give us. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So theology in its basic sense is just what we believe about God and and we don't have to have degrees or advanced training or anything like that. We all have a view of God and, and that's crucial related to that Spurgeon quote because we find... Uh, the ultimate comfort and encouragement and, and care and help in the person of God himself in the midst of life problems. Absolutely. And, and you actually end up seeing um, the psalmist, for instance, doing theology for us, like they're demonstrating theology and, and how you contemplate God and benefit from that. I was This morning I was reading Psalm 56, and uh, David is writing in the context of um, the Philistines having captured him. And so the context is one of fear. How is he responding to fear? Well, he's doing theology. He's speaking theological truths to himself about who God is. And so in in verse 8 here in Psalm 56, we read this. You have kept count of my tossings, put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Speaking to God. Which means God cares. He cares about our griefs. He cares about our sufferings. And so that's theology. That's a comfort to our souls and know that he cares. And then um, going on to verse nine, this I know that God is for me. Um, God is for me. His, it's, it's not that, um, that um, this, that's some kind of self-esteem gospel that we're saying there, but, but God has chosen to be for us in Christ And so Tozer says, uh, I think in the attributes of God, all of the attributes of God are on the side of the believer now, Hmm. right? So yes, extremely beneficial. Well, speaking about attributes of God, when we think about the attributes of God, we're we're just talking about uh, what is God like? Uh, What are those qualities that make up his being? And um, so what are some attributes of God that would serve to benefit counselees in their pursuit of transformation and, and for his glory? Well, I think we can um, first talk about God being triune. Um, he's the Trinitarian God. How does how does that um, help us in counseling our counselees? Because that's a mind bender, right? The, the Trinity is a mind bender. One God existing eternally in three persons. But that's also very practical. Um, if if any of the listeners ever ever read the book by Michael Reeves, Delighting in the Trinity, he talks about how. Um, God essentially is what he's doing in saving us in Christ is he's drawing us up into the love of the Trinity that, that, that already existed before time. And so I want to read a text really quickly from John chapter 17, the high priestly prayer, verses 24 through 26. This is very Trinitarian because Christ is, is praying to the Father. And he says this, Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Trinitarian love before creation, Hmm. right? So the members of the Trinity are loving one another. They didn't need us 
to be who they are, right? That's an important part, point to make. Um, he, he talks in, uh, I think it's that book where he says that the God of Islam, Allah, um, he's not Trinitarian. So how could he be who he truly is if he's loving before he created humanity? He needed humanity to be who he is. But our God, the biblical God, he is already loving, right? Because the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit are loving one another before time. And so he goes on to say in verse 25, O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. So it's that love that already exists in the Trinity, and because of Christ and what he's doing, we get brought up into that love that already exists. So um, we get to enjoy the fullness, of the, the exhaustive nature of that really infinite love. As Christians, and so that's very practical, and it, it also tells us that that God is triune. Tells us that He is not um, the God of the deists, right? Mm-hmm. He's He's not distant, and um, He just wound everything up and let it go, because we know that the Father created us, and then He sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. The Holy Spirit is sent into us to indwell us. Um, the Holy Spirit also inspires the scriptures so that we, God has spoken to us and we have God's power in us to walk according to his ways. I mean, it's, it means he's not indifferent. He's engaged. He's involved. He's drawn near. That's so helpful. So as we get to know what God is like, for example, just thinking about his Trinitarian nature, uh, that that draws us into that Trinitarian love so that we can know and experience it as well. Yes, That's so helpful. Yes. Um, so, and you've already illustrated this, that knowing God in his person and his attributes is incredibly comforting for the believer. And yeah. we, we are encouraged as we get to know this God. And yet at the same time, we would never want to reduce the pursuit of God merely to just finding our own comfort. We don't want to just narrow it down to that. So how do we guard against that mentality that might see the character of God as, as just a means uh, to, to, to the goal of our comfort? Well, I think that, um, again, Packer helps us out here in, his, uh, in knowing God. In that same first chapter, he says this, We must seek in studying God to be led to God. How can we turn our knowledge about God into knowledge of God? The rule for doing this is simple but demanding. It is that we turn each truth that we learn about God into matter for meditation before God, leading to prayer and praise to God. So if, for instance, uh, if, if you take... Um, an attribute of God is the fact, as one um, that we were talking about in church the other day, God is unchanging. He's immutable. If you take that, one of the blessings and the benefits that comes out of believing that God is, is immutable, that he doesn't change, is that um, as Mark Jones in his, his uh, book, God Is, he says this. He says, if God could change, we could never be certain of his promises. But because he doesn't change, we can be absolutely certain that his promises are true for us. We take that, and that's a comfort, right? Um, but we have to take that comfort, and then we've got to then relate to God with that comfort, right? We're going to use that to draw nearer to him, to return to his promises, and believe them, walk by them, 
Right? We, we're to walk by faith in Christ. And so we take those promises and we cling to them as we are preaching truths truth to ourselves um, as we are tempted during the day or we're, we're, we're seeking to uh, not be distanced from the Lord but actually draw near to him. But then we can praise him for those things. So like Packer's saying, we, we turn it into prayer and praise to God. So thank you that you are unchanging. Thank you. That means that, that I can always trust you, that I can always find you to be the God that uh, is not different today than he was yesterday or, or a thousand years before. And so I know who I'm going to get every time I go in prayer. I know who I'm going to get. Thank you for that. And be very specific in your praises. And then you craft your prayers based on that reality of who God is. Right? So you don't come to in prayer thinking, okay, am I going to get... Uh, the mean God or the really gracious God today. You know, that's, no, we, we can't think that way. He's always the same. And so then we craft the way we draw near to him based on that theology. And so we, we don't just enjoy the benefit and make the, the benefit where our minds rest and say, oh, I, this is great. I get to enjoy this. I'm comforted. Um, this is like therapy for me. I'm getting what I want. No, we take that and we return it to the Lord in prayer and praise and trust and in delight. That's really, really good. And if you're okay, I want to maybe add, add a, an additional thought, yeah. a question to that. Um, I can hear people listening to this and saying, okay, I know that getting to know God better is what I need to do in yeah. my problem, in my affliction. You know, we have counselors listening to this, and we have, you know, just people listening saying, help, help me to grow. Um, what Packer just highlighted and what you expanded is helpful, that when we read Scripture, we're trying to see those attributes and then meditate on those and turn those into opportunities of praise and thanks. What other ways could Christians, as they're reading their Bibles, apply the attributes of God? Are there other, other ways? I'm, I'm thinking maybe, you know, if there's an anxiety issue, if there's an anger issue, if there's parenting challenges, and Christians are turning to the Bible and they're wanting to know what is God like? How does learning more what God is like help in those situations? Great, great question. Um, let's take one you meant, just mentioned. We can probably uh, take anger and parenting and put it into one, right? Uh, kids aren't doing what they've been told to do. Talk about when we're angry parents or when we have angry children? Oh, when we're angry parents. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm th- I'll speak for myself. Okay. When, when I'm tempted to be angry as a parent, my, sure. my child is not doing what he's been told to do or she's been told to do. So how do I take the attributes of God and how does that um, shape the way that I should respond when I'm, I'm tempted? Um, well, first of all, uh, sometimes we need some space to, to think those thoughts, you know, to meditate like, uh, like Packer's talking mm-hmm. about. So I might just say, uh, dismiss myself from the room for a minute to go and pray and think about who God is. Well, God, we know, is patient. He's patient with me. I need to remember that, that attribute of, of who he is. Um, he did not smite me um, upon my first sin. Hmm. Right? He didn't take me out. I'm not in hell right now. I mean, right now I should be, right? Justly, I should be in hell, but because of his patience and his long suffering in Christ, I am his child. And so his patience should inform my patience toward my children. Mm-hmm. And then the fatherly compassion that we read about in Psalm 103, right? Um, that he is compassionate toward us like a father is compassionate um, toward his children. Right. To those who fear him. Right. So I need to remember, oh, God, God really does care about me. It's not just that um, he 
yes, he wants me to obey and he does give me commandments so that I'll walk in his ways. But he also pities us, right? He, he knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. And so uh, I need to remember that it kind of helps me sympathize, I think, with my kids. As I think about him remembering the weird dust, I can look at my son and say, I mean, I remember what it was like to be a teenager. It was hard. I remember what it was like to be 13 years old, you know, and all the emotions that go along with that, and you're trying to figure out who you are. And, and so it doesn't mean you don't discipline your children, but it, instead of flying off the handle and, like, yelling at your child, now you can have a controlled conversation, mm-hmm. a controlled um, you know, discipline um session, if you will, with your child, mm-hmm. instead of, okay, I'm just going to, uh, I want the rebellion to stop immediately. So I'm going to do what I think works best. Well, the, the person of God informs that, that choice in the proper direction. No, that's so helpful. And even thinking about the passage that you quoted, I find that often when we read the Bible, that usually theology and especially the attributes of God, they come with a context. Yes. We don't learn about that's God what- in the Bible isolated in some sort of, you know, neutral white room, you know, it comes in the midst of suffering. It comes in the midst of the affliction. And even, you know, uh, he's compassionate, like a father has compassion toward his children. Sometimes God presents himself with a metaphor like that, where the application is in, you know, how he's saying it, you know, so we think, man, that God is like that. Um, you know, to me. And so maybe I should be like that toward my children and, and see that. So absolutely. So good. So good. So um, what resources, if somebody's listening to this and they say, man, I just, I would love something to help me to grow in my understanding of, of who God is and the application of that to my life. You mentioned Packer's uh, famous knowing God. Yeah. What other resources might be helpful to our listeners? Uh, I always want to recommend the Psalms. Um, obviously, the attributes of God are all over the scriptures, but you can really see the, uh, the attributes of God on display in the Psalms. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm reading through a devotional Psalter, right? So the, the Psalms themselves. And, and then at the end of the Psalm, each Psalm has a, a little devotional segment, two or three paragraphs, that's it, um, that Crossway put out. And uh, Dane Ortland writes those, uh, those devotions. Found them very encouraging and just to draw out the, the the promises and the attributes of God in the Psalms, and so I recommend that. Um, also, uh, I mentioned "Delighting in the Trinity" by Michael Reeves. It's probably one of the best books I've read in the last five years. Just absolutely wonderful. We take this doctrine that uh, seems to confuse people, and he talks about how um, how beautiful it is so that our hearts are compelled to worship God and respond to him as we read what, what the scriptures really reveal about the Trinity. So I recommend that one. Um, also, in, I'm enjoying a, a book uh, that I haven't read the whole thing, but it's uh, very helpful. Uh, Mark Jones, God Is. It's a devotional book on the attributes of God. Um, also, I'm, I'm one I've, I've picked up recently to, to help me in a study that I'm doing on Wednesday nights at our church is None Greater by Matthew Barrett. And also, um, Packer's Concise Theology. You know, it just, it's got like two or three pages on these different doctrines, you know, and so he gets to the point really quickly. Mm-hmm. And so these are some, I mean, obviously there's, uh, we, we mentioned Tozer and his attributes of God, and there's A.W. Pink's uh, attributes of God as well, but th- those other ones might be some ones that people haven't heard of yet. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Counsel the Word. For more information about Pastor Brent Osterberg and the Ministry of Living Hope Bible Church, uh, you can visit them at lhbcmansfield.com. 
And for more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, you can visit us at thecbcd.org.